Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of My Bug Podcast. I know it's been a while since I've last posted, but I've been pretty busy. As of February 7th, I interviewed the admin of a Discord server called Chitin Cafe. Their name is Millie, and they are very nice. We talk a lot about Chitin Cafe, as well as topics that some would consider controversial. But the topics are about bugs, just in case you are wondering. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the first ever interview I've done on this podcast. Enjoy. Okay, I've just started recording, just so you know. I mean... Perfect. Great. <laughs> oh, sorry, this is... I'm very nervous. This is the first time I've done this before. But, um... Me too. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, how are you? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm a little disoriented because I flew to the United States from Costa Rica yesterday. So wow, yeah. What were you doing in Costa Rica? Um, traveling, looking at bugs a lot. <laughs> that's 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 awesome. Do you see any any bugs exclusive to Costa Rica? Um, I don't know. To be honest with you, there's a lot of like. <laughs> undescribed species and there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know about the area and about the the bugs there so I couldn't really tell you yeah. too much about them well that's that's great all right so uh let's just start so hello everyone welcome back to another episode of the big bug house today is a very very special episode because I'm here with the admin of the discord server Chitin Cafe, I think that's how you say it. Chitin Cafe. Chitin Cafe. Cafe. I knew it. I was like, yeah, okay. Chitin Cafe. <laughs> All right, so just got back from Costa Rica. Sorry about having to wake you up, but... Um, it's all good. Yeah, you seem to be doing great. So we'll just start with some questions about you. Uh, what inspired you to make a server, Discord server, dedicated to bugs? So it's kind of funny, actually. I didn't make this server. Um, I kind of inherited it because, really? yeah. So I joined this, uh, this old server, and um, it was called Big Bugs. And I was like the fourth person on there or whatever. It was really small. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and eventually the, um, the owner of that server uh, got his account, like, deleted by Discord for some unknown reason. So what ended up happening was because I was the first admin there, uh, people deferred to me. So I was like, okay. Um, so we went off, we made a new server, and then I've just kind of made it my own since then. Yeah, um, so that's actually really interesting. So it was always called like Big Bugs before he changed it to Chitin Cafe in December, <laughs> I think that was. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yep. That's really cool. So um, you said you got there when there was like only four people. What what did the server exactly like look like in its early days? Um, <laughs> well, I I could have a look. It was about two years ago, a year or two ago. Um, wow. So I don't remember everything about it. But uh, it was mostly just people, you know, showing off their bugs and talking about bugs. It's the same as it is now. Cool. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, like, what is your 
a relationship with the insect world? Like, do you study bugs? Do you like keep them? Tell me. So I would really like to be an entomologist. Um, it's been my dream since I was pretty much as long as I can remember. I'm only 20. Um, <laughs> so I'm not quite there yet, but um, that's what I want to do. Uh, I've kept a lot of insects in my life. Uh, most recently I had four Madagascan hissing cockroaches. Wow. Um, yes, those were very fun to keep and I loved them a lot. Uh, I had to uh, give them to a friend while I was traveling in Costa Rica, so I don't have them anymore. But they were great. Um, I've also raised a bunch of um, moths and butterflies. Uh, and, you know, just you, you, when a kid like goes outside and grabs a bug and keeps it for a while, that's a lot of <laughs> what I've done. Cool. Um, so with like moths and butterflies, I remember I, I went into my own little phase about moths and butterflies because I got some hornworms for my lizard and I decided to keep a few to turn into moths. And when they did, they were just so beautiful. <laughs> and I started, so I did some research, um, but it's actually a really lengthy process. Cause I mean, you have to like feed them and they like cocoon, they like pupate yeah. for months and months and then they, appear and i think i'm pretty sure moths don't have i'm pretty sure some moths don't have mouth parts so they can't feed yep yeah no i was just yeah that's pretty cool you have to have it a is. lot of patience involved <laughs> yeah yeah i mean when you're a kid you know you i kept probably around 50 uh caterpillars for um tiger moths wow. i don't know exactly what species but tiger moths um I just found them outside and I would keep them and I kept a lot of them. And it was always really fun because, you know, eventually they would turn into a pupa and then you'd just get to watch them become moths. <laughs> and since they were native to my area, I could just release them afterwards. So it was a lot of fun being able to release them after I'd, you know. Yeah, you can't exactly release them. can't exactly release hornworm moths into the world. <laughs> no. <I don't> think. <laughs> no. No, you can't. Yeah, I actually tragically ended up having to feed the moth to my mantis but well <laughs> it was a very sad, it was a very sad story it doesn't matter i'm sure <laughs> anyway um so have you ever felt like just a bit of an outsider because you have a passion for bugs my entire life i have felt that way and i still feel that way very strongly oh really so with like friends yeah. or family or something um, friends and family, they're, it's complicated because a lot of the time when I talk about bugs, the reaction, it varies. Uh, some people are like, okay, you know, cool. That's your thing. Um, I respect that. And other people go, oh my gosh, the second I see a bug, I need to kill it immediately on spot. Yeah. And it's very alienating because I've never really run into anybody else who is as passionate as I am in person online. Of course, tons of people, yeah. but in person, I've never really run into anybody and it's really quite difficult because it being like my biggest source of happiness in life and just having it also be the thing that ostracizes me from people a lot. It's, it's difficult. <laughs> Uh, it's it's really difficult. Uh, that's kind of a sad tale. But, I mean, if it's what you love, then just yeah. 
do it. Just I guess. keep I trying. Mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's that's totally great. Um, so you haven't met a lot of people in person that share the same interests with you, and so do you think that's? I mean, it kind of sounds like all this power of being an admin of the server was just kind of thrust upon you. But I mean, was there like, uh, did, I, what I'm trying to say is, did your passion for bugs go into the Discord server and allow it to grow more or something? So I do like bugs, don't get me wrong. But I think the thing that like would run the server more than my love of bugs is... Um, I really like bringing people together. I really like having a comfortable like group of people. Um, so yeah, I do. And I think that's more so what's gone into the server than just a passion for bugs, because if it's just a passion for bugs, you're not going to know how to bring people together. You're not going to know how to let people interact in a space that is comfortable for everybody. Um, it's very different being a people person and being a, you know, like a research person, for instance, those are very like different people. Yeah, that's, that is very true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you said you do want to be an entomologist when you grew up, like what branch of entomology? Cause I remember I met with my family and my cousin was like, Hey Liam, you should, uh, yeah. Like, hey Liam, you should really look at this, uh, career path or something it has entomology it's like oh really what is it and she's like forensic studies with insects and I was like so you mean I'm going to be looking at dead bodies all day and the insects on the dead bodies to determine how old the body is and she's like yeah doesn't that sound great and I'm like yeah that <laughs> sounds just spectacular <laughs> yeah but um yeah so yeah, yeah um I, I don't really I don't know yet. Uh, forensic entomology sounds cool. I don't know if it's my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I don't think it's exactly my thing either. Yeah, I, I was hoping to be maybe like a field researcher. So someone sponsors me and I get thrown into a forest and I get to study the bugs there. That would be so wonderful. Yeah. Um, so like because I also really like travel. Yeah. So it, it kind of mixes those interests. Uh, but to be honest with you, I don't know, like, fully what I would want to do um, in that uh, world. I do know that I don't want to go into agriculture yeah. because a lot of it is, quote, you know, quote, pest management. And I don't see any bug as a pest. Yeah. Um, That's cool. So I, I don't really want to go into a space where everybody hates them and expects me to also uh, try and get rid of them. So, so I mean, there are a lot of forests you can get thrown into. Would you want to be in the Amazon oh, yeah. rainforest or the savanna in Africa? I would, trying to find yes. a species of tarantula. I mean, which one yes, that would that would be amazing. So just all um, of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I visited Costa Rica because I know that there's a lot of insects there, and I was not disappointed. Wow. I saw something new every single day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure this is very is. cool. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so, okay, well, that kind of leads into some questions about bugs in the, their place in the world. So, I okay. mean, like, 
how, do you think the insect pet trade has affected bugs in a negative way? That's a big question. And I'll be honest with you, I don't, I have not done enough research on it to be able to give you a full and complete answer. However, um, as long as things are, you know, captive bred and, um, you know, like traded or sold in between people who all have an agreement that they're not going to release these insects, these bugs into the, their, uh, into an environment where they could become invasive. Um, I think it's a very positive thing because people, they have a different view on them. You know, like I have a friend, <laughs> another one of the admins on my server, actually. Um, I actually had him visit me one time and he has a phobia of cockroaches. Yeah. And when he visited me, um, I got, I, I had my roaches with me. So I was able to show him like, hey, look, not all cockroaches are bad, you know? and help him get over that phobia a little bit. So I think, you know, it can be a very positive thing. Uh, that being said, invasive populations from pet owners who don't want their pets anymore, releasing them into the wild, that's a huge problem. Uh, you can see it with snakes in Florida, for instance, but the same thing can happen with insects. Um, and it's never been cited as a major problem but I would imagine that if it got large enough, uh, taking wild um, insects and bugs and uh, bringing them into the pet trade could potentially be a problem for um, wild populations. Okay. Since, yeah, since bugs are so plentiful and the hobby is relatively quite small, it's never been a huge issue. But, um, I mean, think of, like, macaws. You know what I mean? Like, it can definitely become an issue if it's done enough. Yeah, that's true. Um, so there was actually, I believe, a... It was like a golden... It was like a golden blue knee tarantula or something that was found in Africa or like a goody sapphire ornamental. And okay. it was cited as critically endangered. And some guys in the pet trade managed to get some and breed them. And now you can, you can buy them. So what do you think separates like a person at the zoo who breeds endangered animals versus a person who breeds endangered animal animals to sell them? I think there's a difference. That's honestly, I've never thought of comparing the two. Um, but I do think that it would be as long as, you know, those people sound like they did it responsibly you know, like breeding them to make more of them and then introducing them into the pet trade. I think that's an okay thing to do, especially because insects don't, bugs in general, you, you don't see many bug zoos. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so true. If a species is going to be preserved, it's more likely to be done in the pet trade than through, say, you know, a zoo. Um, yeah. That being said, of course, there's a lot of bugs like in zoos. So, you know, it's it's not like the only way that you can preserve animals, but I, th I think that you could probably put them on some kind of similar level. Uh, just make sure it's done responsibly. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. All right, so uh, moving on from that question, rainforests house eighty percent of the world's terrestrial biodiversity, which means there's going to be yes. a lot of bugs in the rainforests. <laughs> yes. And, but in just 2018, 
2.9 million acres of rainforest were destroyed. And a large factor of this was the FAO, the Food Agriculture Organization, using slash burn methods to make palm oil, soy fields, and cattle ranches. Yeah. Um, this is not to just, like, depress you. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, uh, what are your views, basically, on deforestation? Um, you're, you're asking an environmentalist what I think about deforestation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, is, is it worth it? I mean, with all these, like, palm no. oils, you use it in, no. like, every day. No. So, no, it's not worth it. No, it's not worth it. There are ways to do this responsibly. Uh, there are ways to do it responsibly. There are ways to do it without destroying rainforest. I mean, there are other products that you can use instead of palm oil, for instance. There's other things that you can use that you can find instead of things that support the destruction of a rainforest. Um, it is a problem because we do have a huge population, but if we had better food distribution, it wouldn't be such an issue. It really would not be such an issue. And it also wouldn't be such an issue if you used land that wasn't rainforest yeah, to make it into an agricultural area. Um, like, of course, other biomes are also extremely important, but to take away the Earth's lung and take away all that biodiversity, you could be um, negating the impact by you know, putting it elsewhere. I don't know where, I don't know the answer to that. I, I'm not an expert, but I think there's definitely ways that this can be done much more efficiently, much more uh, environmentally friendly. So do you think you'd wanna maybe like, do you think you'd wanna study that? I mean, would, do you think you'd just be, like, really sad if you studied that and be like, oh, we're all going to die? Or you think you could really make a change? I mean, well, could well, one person make a change? I would want to make a change. Can one person make a change? That's a question that I struggle with a lot. I would love to say yes. I would love to say that I can make a change. I don't know. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can make a change on something where universally people tend to dislike it, <laughs> um, <clears throat> tend to not care about, you know, insects, for instance. They just tend not to. Um, but I, I would, it's hard because I would love to go into it. I really would. But I think it might depress me too much. Yeah, same here probably. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you were obviously, uh, I mean is all this like palm oil farming and stuff isn't just like happening spontaneously obviously someone's giving the authorization to build all these yeah. things so i mean what would you say to right now if a person was listening the person who would like authorize all these terrible things what would you say to them listen to your scientists <laughs> uh, yeah, good idea. um Listen to your scientists. I, I don't have anything that I can personally say to change their mind. I don't have the research to change their mind. Scientists do. There are plenty of scientists that are perfectly willing to give you the information that you need to be more sustainable, to be better about what you're doing. So yes, 
listen to the scientists, listen to the science, trust the science, um, trust, trust that. Uh, yeah, and it is, gosh, it's so hard here, Costa Rica experience again. While I was there, um, I went a little bit of an unconventional path because I, I visited places that weren't really meant for so many tourists. And I remember this one particular time where we were, I was driving through miles and miles and miles and miles and miles of just palm tree farms, oh. like oh, so, so much. And I saw like, I saw so many palm trees. It was crazy. And it's difficult because I remember talking to somebody who lived there and they were like, it's evil. Yes. But this country is a little poor and the families that work here, this, this is how they live. This is how they, you know, this is how they keep themselves afloat in a place like this. So I think a lot of what drives these, um, these practices, of course, the supply and demand chain and capitalism and blah, 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 blah. But it's also difficult to just say that all of it is evil because it helps people stay like out of poverty. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. so it's difficult to just get rid of something like that in a place where a lot of their export is palm oil, is pineapples, is X, Y, Z. So. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously a lot, but, um, well, I mean, based on that, my next question seems a bit like I probably wouldn't have to ask it, but <laughs> what are your, like, views on pesticides? I mean, I know you already said you hate them, no bugs should be destroyed, but I mean, should they well, still be in use, you know? Obviously. So... It's hard to answer that question because you do have problems like locusts going through and destroying whole like years worth of crops, which is an issue if you need to feed people. Um, there was a something I th I shouldn't really talk on this because I don't quite remember the details, but um, rather recently there was a huge locust problem. Um, I believe Northern Africa could be wrong and it caused a famine because people had nothing to eat so you know sometimes insects can be genuinely you know a problem um for people pesticides of uh, again if there was better food distribution if there wasn't monocultures they wouldn't be needed as much as they are now um, I wrote a paper a couple years back. It, it was for a class. It was nothing, you know, not like a research paper or anything, but yeah. uh, I, I did some um, researching into it and I found out that you couldn't, you can actually have a farm that uh, is highly productive with no pesticides. You can totally do it. It just requires a little bit more work for the farm. And, um, it has to be not non-monoculture. It has to be multiculture with different plants being planted on it, different times of year, more um, recycling of nutrients. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Pesticides, I don't think should... 
I don't like them. I don't think they should really be used. There are some that are better than others. Uh, there are some that are biodegradable, which is great because a lot of the harm that pesticides do is to the soil and the water and the insect populations nearby the farm. Um, because a lot of it goes into the water and kills everything in the water. And that can also poison the water supply that people are drinking if that goes into that water supply. Um, <clears throat> so the biodegradable ones biodegrade after, you know, say a week of use or whatever, and, or after they're taken up by the plants. And I think that's a lot better. Uh, it's still not ideal, but there are better options. <laughs> that's the general answer to a lot of things. There are much better options that you can use. Right. So, okay. So yeah, so that's very interesting, but putting just for this question, putting your, I know this might be kind of hard to do, but putting your personal views aside, do you think humanity should be more invested in finding uh, like a man-made way of sustaining the environment without bugs or trying to keep bugs alive? And that might be like, obvious, like, well, duh, I love bugs, so keep them <laughs> alive. But I mean, like, there are so many corrupt people that are just like out there to make money that they'll mm -hmm. say they'll put on whatever like chemical they want in the plants. So do you think it'd be worth trying to convince them to stop or putting more time yeah. and energy in like finding a different solution nature made the solution for us we just suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my answer why we should not have to make another solution and spend more time more money more everything to make something less efficient than what we already have you know yeah it's interesting pollination is a free um is a free service that mother nature has given us. And if we're really going to go off and destroy pollination, then <sighs> why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, why? Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, yeah, that's a good answer. Um, yeah. Well, now we're just moving away from controversial topics. Uh, like, could you tell me, you said you've kept, like, 50 different types of moths and Not stuff. different types. Oh. 50 specimens oh, okay. of the same species. All right, 50 yeah. specimens. But do you think you could list all the species that you've kept? For nope, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest. Nope. No, not really? No, okay, so, I mean, have you kept um, mantises, tarantulas, or are you just, like, okay. basically done everything? I mean, what are your experiences with these bugs? So... That's such a big question, because a lot of the stuff that I used to keep as a kid, I was not very educated on how to keep them, so I did not keep them very well. Yeah. <laughs> so th that's just how it is for children, and it sucks, but it's true. Mm. So um, I've kept tarantulas, I've kept those moths, tiger moths, um, I've kept monarchs, I've kept painted ladies, I've kept... Um, by the way, those tarantulas that I mentioned, those were native. I have no idea what they are, what they were, nothing. Hmm. Um, so them, and then I've seen a lot of mantises. I've seen a lot of snails. I've, 
you know, captured snails, but I never kept them for any period of time. Um, fish tank snails, of course, you know, get some fish, get some snails. I've had those. Uh, those roaches were really kind of the first animal that I actually did research with before I got them. So I know a bit about their care, you know, because the rest of them were very much like take them in and then, oh, they eat leaves. Let's put some lettuce in there, you know, and it worked. Yeah. It worked to some extent. Oh, you know, tarantula. I had a black widow for a while. That was super cool. Wow. Um, yes. <laughs> Like you bought yes. a black widow or you just kind of found a black I, widow and you're like, oh, cool. Black so, <laughs> yeah, I was outside and there was a black widow on the ground and I thought it was dying. Aww. So I took one of those like, East, you know, those plastic Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I scooped, I scooped it up in one of those and I threw it into a bug cage and I closed the, uh, the, the door on it. Hmm. And yeah. cause I thought it was dying. I wanted to help it. And <laughs> I learned later that they play dead when attacked, so that one was just playing dead. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I kept that Black Widow for a good year, around a year, just threw in a moth every week or so. Um, she eventually had an egg sack, uh, and then I left the cage outside, you know, a little door open, and I came back like a week later, and there were no spiders in there anymore. Oh, so, nice. yeah, it was interesting. It was very fun. Really? Okay. So, I mean, like, uh, with your experience with these bugs, do you think you like arachnids or insects more? Um, I think they're both cool. <laughs> they okay, both yeah. have their their own um, yeah, but if you wonderful had, things. If you had to choose, which one? Okay, if I one? had to choose. Uh, I might have an arachnid because, to be honest with you, they're lower maintenance just because you find an insect that they can eat and then they eat it hmm. and that's you know and then have like a good place to for them to set up their web and then um like of course their natural environment so if they need humidity then they have humidity but for the other insects or bugs the ones they eat like uh primary plant matter um that can be a little bit more difficult because the plant matter that they eat they can be very picky about it uh, yeah. Um, like my roaches, for instance, they were so picky about what they needed. Really? They needed like, a, yes, my Madagascar hissing cockroaches, they needed a variety of food. Um, I fed my so hissing I, cockroaches dog food. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yes, dog oh, food works. Dog food and like <laughs> apple slices and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seem to mind. <laughs> it's true though, like, you know, dog food and apple slices and, you know, like, some kind of fiber, you know, so peas or something. So like this and this and this, and then you had to take it out when it was dead or like rotting or, yeah. you know, whatever. And with a spider, you just insect <laughs> and they take it or they don't. And if they don't take it, you have to take the insect out because it could harm them. But that aside, feeding is a little easier, I think. Really? I <laughs> but, always thought that was vice versa but i guess ironically cockroaches are high maintenance <laughs> so, <laughs> for me at least yes i mean where i live uh it's really dry here so i also had to maintain a uh a specific kind of uh, temperature and humidity in their cage which was pretty difficult to be honest with you because i wasn't used to doing it hmm. uh 
so yeah, like spritzing it twice a day, uh, making it rain every once in a while, having a heater underneath, having a thermostat for it. Um, <laughs> that was a lot of work for me to, you know, to monitor that constantly and change it with the weather outside because the weather outside very much affects the inside of, you know, a house. So, yeah, well, I mean, you obviously weren't intimidated by the hourglass on the Black Widow reminding everyone no. that they'll die. So, <laughs> I mean, name one time that you've really been scared of an insect. So, yes, I actually can answer that. And it wasn't until extremely recently, oh. honestly. So Costa Rica, again, I was there for two months. So a lot of, I have a lot of, yeah, I have a lot of experiences from there. Uh, but something that very vividly like is in my mind, um, a few things. So I think this was the first time I ever screamed at a bug. Really? Um, yes. <laughs> Did it just get the drop on you, or it was truly terrifying? Let me explain. Okay. So I was gardening. Uh, I was doing some volunteer work at a butterfly garden. Not surprising. <laughs> yeah. um, but I was doing some gardening, and I remember, like, I had to put my hands inside this bag of dirt. And I, I took my hands out, and, like, there was this, this dirt, and I flipped my hand over, and on the back of my hand, there was this spider... Oh my gosh, it was like probably two inches like in diameter, right? And it was just on the back of my hand and it freaked me out so badly. I screamed and I like flicked it off and I was like, ah! like that that happened multiple times too. So every time it like got the drop on me, it freaked me out because I'm like, there's a big spider on my hand right now. Yeah, two inches. <laughs> Uh, yeah, diameter. and I don't know what it is. Yeah, two inches I have in no diameter. Idea what it is. Two inches in diameter is nothing to sneeze at, especially when it's on no. the back of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that really freaked me out. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> the big bugs that were on my body freaked me out pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, not bad enough to kill them or anything, just enough to make me jump a little bit. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. there's a huge thing on me. <laughs> Yeah, that would, that would be pretty bad. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, I mean, we've all had ants in our house and, like, yeah. a little cockroach experience where it runs across the rug and you're like, oh, no. Yep. I mean, <laughs> what was probably, what was, like, one or the worst case of something that was inside your house that you didn't exactly want to be there? Okay. So, I've had cockroaches. I didn't mind. I've had ants. I didn't mind. Spiders, I don't mind. Bed bugs? Oh, bed bugs. <laughs> yeah. I have very strong opinions about bed bugs. <laughs> really? Okay. So no pesticides yes. should be used unless it's bed bugs. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, bed I bugs in your house. Uh, yeah, because yeah. it's always me. It's always me, the one that gets bit by everything. Yeah. So when I had bed bugs, I found them, and I was like, you're kidding, right? You're kidding. These are so hard to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, you have to like burn the mattress right here. Yeah, I mean, we had to use, we got like a professional service. We had to be out of the house for a few days. Um, uh, yeah, I had to put my bed inside of these bed, like bed coverings. I had to wash everything, wow. everything. <laughs> it was 
It was awful. I don't recommend bed bugs as an experience. <laughs> or um. pet or <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. yeah. How creepy. That was yeah. actually this show that I watched when I was very, very young. And I was actually keeping hissing cockroaches at the same time. Ooh. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're so nice. And I, it was like it was called, like, infestation or something. And it basically okay. follows these people who have their houses basically been overrun by, like, ants or cockroaches or snakes yeah. or, worst of all, hmm. bed bugs. And I, I think, yeah, that really scared me out of, like, having yeah. a cockroach pet again. I mean, really? It's not, I mean, it's not like I... I mean, obviously, you can tell the difference between a house cockroach and a hissing cockroach, and I don't—I ironically <laughs> don't mind hissing cockroaches or even like some of the bigger types from South America. But I mean, just like a mm -hmm. house cockroach or an American just, or a German, yeah, or, a German yeah. or American, I'm out of the window, like bye bye. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's <yeah>. understandable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all have our nemesis bugs, no matter how we much, do, no matter how much we love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always just the one that you you don't like them. Yeah. Unfortunately for some people, it's many that they don't like, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I guess I think that might be all the time that we have. Okay. I mean, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, any personal experiences with insects you've had. I've had a lot of personal experiences. Um, <laughs> I have a few stories, oh, but well, I mean, you know. uh, I'm not in a rush to go anywhere. So, all right. Well, all I can say is I recommend having a look at a tarantula hawk wasp. Um, those are very interesting creatures. And when you brought up, oh, was there a bug that freaked you out? I thought about that one. Um, it wasn't like a scary moment. It was a moment of complete awe, like just awe of this creature because I was told like, oh, hey, in the gardens, there's this tarantula hawk wasp. It's huge. Keep an eye out for it. Be careful. I was like, okay. And I saw it. I'm not kidding. This thing was six or seven inches long. Oh my it was God. larger than a hummingbird. Jeez. It was huge yeah. and it was black and orange and I almost dropped literally dropped what I was doing because it just it was so incredible and yeah. scary because they're also um the the sting from these guys is considered the second most painful sting of any insect you know on on earth they can sting again so, though so they're not like bees right oh yeah no 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 they, they tarantula hawk wasps they paralyze tarantulas and lay their eggs in tarantulas, and then the eggs hatch and eat the tarantulas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you know, uh, that's why it would hurt so much. But I just remember, like, really vividly seeing this creature, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Did you keep it? Wow. No, it flew away. It, oh. it didn't want to see me. It didn't like me. It, it was afraid of me. <laughs> oh, man, Which, sucks. Whatever. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I wanted to look at it closer, but... It was really crazy cool, and I hope everybody gets the chance to have that moment with some kind of insect or bug-like creature. Yeah, well, while we're recommending bugs to each other, you should definitely <laughs> check out giant devil's flower mantises. Ooh. I've, I've had two, and they're the most spectacular pets ever. I mean, they're you need to spray them twice 
at least once or twice a day. And you need like a heat pad and a tall environment. And they oh, can't, they're gorgeous. Yeah, they can't climb on glass. Their feet aren't. Oh, that's useful to do that. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might want to have some stuff. Yeah, when they get to adults, they're just so beautiful. But every single molt up until them is a bit like dull almost. Huh. It's like yeah, they're just like a plain white and. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. they don't have their wing case, and it's just kind of like, eh, okay. And I remember thinking like seven different times whenever one of them has molted, <laughs> I'm like, this is her final form, and then she molts again. This is her final form, and then finally the final one, and I was like, oh. <laughs> but <laughs> it's actually very hard to get them to do their thread pose. You have to like catch them on a bad day, and then they'll do it. You're like, oh. pictures, and I'll be like, that's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, I have all sorts of information about them on uh, the Big Bug House, the podcast that you're on. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they're not living now, but unfortunately. Eh, all insects die. Yeah, that's true. All of them die. That's just normal. Yeah, I mean, they all die. Um, so what insects are you keeping currently? Are you keeping None, control? because I just flew in from Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to give away Shoot. So, yeah. All right. Are you thinking of getting anything? Not right now, because I plan on moving back to Costa Rica more permanently in a few months. Hmm, moving. Wow. <laughs> yes, moving. I would love to live there. That's been a dream since I was a kid. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. Yes. Yes, I'm very excited. Hmm. Very, very excited. Oh, that's nice. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I can find somebody who is willing to get an intern for uh, insects, some kind of thing in uh, that realm of <laughs> science. So yeah. hopefully I can find something there. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I mean, like, have you had any past internships with places? So I briefly volunteered at a, uh, a natural history museum in my city. Um, and they have a huge collection of insects. We're, we're talking, when I was there, they had 2 million specimens. Whoa, um, million. And they're still collecting and doing research and that kind of thing. So I've, I, I, I've done a little bit. Um, and then there was the butterfly garden that I volunteered at, you know, two mm-hmm. months ago around uh so not a ton but i'm young so <laughs> there's always more opportunities yeah, really well yeah yeah do you think you i mean like you said you want to be in the field collecting specimens do you think you'd have the heart to pin up insects you know, I didn't know up until a little a little bit ago. Um, I read this article on um, why pinning insects is like actually an extremely useful and helpful thing to do for their conservation. Um, yes, so as long as it's being used to further um, the study of insects, being used to further the love of them, I wouldn't mind pinning them up because I know also that their lifespans are very short and brutal, especially in the wild. So it, it makes it a little bit easier to do that. Yeah. And I mean, if there's like, there's, is, there is a show from quite a while, I mean, not quite a while ago, but like some years ago, 
And I think you might have heard of it. It was kind of popular for a bit. It's called Monster Bug Wars. I've never heard of that. Really? I, I used to love yeah. it as a kid. Uh, it's, you may not love it, though. <laughs> now I just you know, like, oh, that probably wasn't such a great show to watch. But, I mean, it's basic, it is educating people about, like, these insects and arachnids. Sure. But, I mean, they, like, they almost hit them against each other in a fight. Yeah. And it's, not... it's kind of sad to yeah. watch, especially when the fights were very, very unfair. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> crab, crab versus uh, black wandering spider. It's like, oh, I, I wonder, I wonder who. <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, what, what, what do you think about that? Like all these reality TV shows, you think they're doing good? I mean, they're trying to educate uh... people. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of them, so I wouldn't really be able to tell you. But I think they're capitalizing on people's fear still. And I don't appreciate that. I I don't want people to fear insects or bugs. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve the fear and misunderstanding that they have. So when there's shows or YouTube channels, there's a lot of YouTube channels, capitalizing on the fear aspect of insects, like oh, I got bit by the most, like, scary, painful spider ever. It's like, well, sure, you're educating people about it, but you're also reinforcing that fear and misunderstanding. And So you think you should educate people in a, like, so you should educate them, but not in a way, like, you won't just take any education. You have to take the proper, like, Yeah, more or less. Yeah, like, I mean, imagine this. You introduce a centipede, for instance. They are venomous. They can be dangerous. You introduce a centipede by going, look at how dangerous it is. It mauls this mouse. (laughs) Versus, (laughs) I mean, really, though, versus, look, it's a centipede. It is in its natural environment. Or, like, look, I'm holding it, and I'm not dying right now. Hmm. Like, doesn't it look a little bit cute from this angle? Or, like... Don't you respect its awesome prowess and also that it can be relaxed and not want to harm you? You know? Yeah, that is. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, I don't know, say you're feeding your centipede and you decide to go with something a little bit more showy. Like, look at my centipede. Watch my centipede maul this, I don't know, hissing cockroach. Those are feeders. Yeah, like watch what it does and it would be kind of weird and crazy and it would still be perfectly within the norm of like yeah this is just what a centipede does yeah that's <laughs> uh, true this is what it eats you know so in the beginning i mean like a few minutes ago you said that you had a friend stay with you who was afraid of cockroaches did you convince them or were they still afraid <laughs> so he, of course, still has his phobia uh, because you cannot get rid of that overnight. Yeah, but um, he was a lot less afraid to be around them after being around my cockroaches. Yeah, that's nice. uh, and I think that's worth something, you know? Yeah, that's cool. It's worth something. Yeah. Um, yep. So, I mean, like, what bugs do you think you have in your area? Do you think you've had, like, access to many different types or you've had to really go looking to so right um i live in southern california along the coast so that's just my general location um 
Here we have a lot of kinds of crickets. We have some isopods. We have a lot of snails. Most of them are invasive. Um, we have tarantulas, but very difficult to find. We have millipedes, desert millipedes. I found some last night. Um, we have some really cool spiders. We have Jerusalem crickets. Uh, we have, gosh, we have a lot of kinds of flies, but I don't like flies very much. Mm -hmm. um, I don't hate them. They just don't, don't you know, I don't, I don't love them. Yeah, uh, we got flies. We got, oh, crane flies. Crane flies are cool. We have ticks here. We have mosquitoes. We have... We have a little bit of everything. Um, things here don't tend to get very large. Um, it's also a desert, so the populations are not particularly large either. Uh, nothing is too colorful. Nothing is too flashy or showy. Huh. Uh, we also have some cockroaches, but a lot of them are invasive. We have some from Florida. We have some from Germany. Um, yeah. A lot of the stuff that we have in this particular area is happens to be invasive because uh, there's a lot of people living here, um, and they bring a lot of things with them. So, and have you seen the effects of these invasive creatures here? I mean, like you look um, at that tree, and you can clearly see that there's like this burrowing wood beetle that tore it down, and you're like, oh man. I mean, or have you well, kind of not really noticed? <laughs> Even, like, the nature around here, a lot of it is introduced. Um, so, like, eucalyptus trees, they don't belong here. Eucalyptus uh, trees, <laughs> Palm trees, they don't belong here either. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of unnatural things here in, in my city that we have. So it's difficult for me to really be able to answer that because I think the larger impact here is humans, ah. not the invasive bugs. Um, directly, actually, there is one insect that I can, or not insect, arachnid that I can talk about. Um, so native to here, we have black widows. Um, introduced, we have false widows. Um, they fulfill the same ecological niche as a black widow, uh, but they tend to reproduce faster, and they are extremely successful hunters here. So over the years that I've been here, I've seen fewer black widows and more of these false widows. Um, so they just like disguise themselves as black widows no they're still like they have the same body plan they have venom they they get bugs they're um i don't know why they're called false widows uh I, I should do some more research on that but that's what they're called actually let me let me double check really quick I, i'm in front of a computer false widow false widow um yeah. Okay. So it's definitely what these are. Um, their spider bites are less bad than a black widow, but they're still like not ideal <laughs> to yeah. get. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So. So. You I mean, while we're just wrapping up. Yeah. Here, okay. So. I mean, sorry. Uh, <laughs> the spider superficially resembles and is frequently confused with the black widow. That's why they're called the false widow. There you go. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. So while we're just wrapping up here, one final question. Uh, I've kind of lost track of how many questions I've asked, but I mean, <laughs> what do you think is the coolest pet you've ever had? My coolest pet? Yeah. Ooh. 
Um, coolest. Well, not coolest. No. But I mean, just like the, the one that you liked best. One that I liked the best. Um, I really loved my roaches. I, I did. Uh, they were not as interesting as some other ones, because, like other kinds of pets, because uh, they weren't active in the day, like ever. Um, but it would be funny because I would be asleep and I would hear like them fighting because I had three males and one female. <laughs> and I would hear the males fighting at night and like shifting things around in the cage. And I could never like catch them doing it, but I could always hear them <laughs> fighting at night, which I think it was kind of endearing. I, I'm, I'm really going to miss them. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, uh, they're, they're nocturnal. I mean, yeah. Like, while, while you're asleep, they're awake. <laughs> That's yeah. That's pretty cool, yeah. They always hid from the light, so if I turned on a light to look at them, they would hide. Huh. That's what I meant by I could never really catch what they were doing. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. Yep. Well, uh, thanks so much for talking with me today. I'm yeah, very happy thank you could for... speak. Um, just as a reminder, that was... Um... Oh, man, what's the... What's the name of the Discord <laughs> server again? Uh, I'm a part Titan of it. Titan Cafe. Titan Cafe. Okay. Sorry about <laughs> yep. that, but I'm a part of the server, okay. and it's a very nice place to be. You can go there if you want to chat about bugs or need the name of a creepy crawl you just found in your room. There are a lot of roles, memes, and chats, and a whopping 214 members. Yay! <laughs> My uh, sources for all the facts that I got about the rainforest is www.rainforesttrust.org. And some, yeah. Thank you so much for being with me. Yes, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about this. I really appreciate your interest. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, do you, what would you say to some of those viewers out there who are listening right now? Go outside and find some bugs. Find some new ones. Learn some stuff. <laughs> Great. Thank you yep. so much. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, wasn't that just spectacular? If you enjoyed what you just heard, then stay tuned for my next episode, where I interview the co-director of the MSU Bug House. And if you want to talk with me about bugs on the podcast, just email me at thebigbughouse at gmail.com. Anyway, thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>